Just a minute, folks. Yes, that's all it takes to visit our refreshment counter in the lobby. There you'll find peanuts and an assortment of popular nights to please every taste. Try one of these delicious nights. Big nights. Milk nights. Peanuts. Topped with Hollywood's super rich coating of the kind you like best. They taste wonderful. They're delicious. They're nutritious. Get peanuts at our confection counter in the lobby now. Coded razor blades. I'm your host Bob, and I too will shoot cream in your face if you push the right button. And here are my co-hosts, RC and Andy. Please introduce yourselves. Hi everyone, I'm RC, and I also like yum yums. <laughs> and I'm Andy, and now I have another reason to hate Christmas. Oh God, it was so horrible. It was Christmas Eve. I was nine years old. Me and Mom were decorating the tree, waiting for Dad to come home from work. A couple of hours went by. Dad wasn't home, so Mom called the office. Jesus, I'm getting bored with this already. <laughs> the point is, he's dead in the fucking chimney. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, that didn't go how I thought it was going <laughs> to. No, it didn't. I thought it was going to be all like long and maudlin with no music. Like it was just way too long. I'm like, you know what? Oh, Jesus. That is a long speech. It really is. Movie. I thought I was going to get through it faster. Oh, God damn. We are talking about the 1984 Christmas classic Gremlins. Yay, I love this movie. It's so good. Um, I still love this movie. I watched it again today, and I watched it last week, and I watched it like two or three times a year because I love this movie. I love Gremlins. What? You, stop. God damn it. They're just staring at me again. Yeah, how dare oh. I look at you for the part in which you were talking. I know, right? Yeah. You're such a fucking animal. <laughs> Pardon me for giving you my undivided attention. <laughs> damn it. I didn't get the, the writing and directing. Here we go. Hang on. Written by Chris Columbus, directed by Joe Dante. Yes, directed by Joe Dante, produced by uh, Michael Fennell, but exec produced by Amblin Entertainment and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, this was Spielberg's. It wasn't his thing. Uh, it wasn't like Poltergeist level his movie. Right. But, like... He was very clear that it was Dante's movie, but he, yeah, he yeah. he produced it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Dante behind the gate too? No, I he was behind the Burbs. The Bur- Oh, the Burbs is good. I like the, I Burbs. Like the Burbs. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, so Gremlins. I have the details on this one because I love this movie. You're doing it again. We know. I, I neither know. of us were actually looking at you. No, we you were, were making eye contact. <laughs> you were. We were making knowing eye contact. <laughs> Intra eyebrow communication is what was happening. So gremlins. It's not our fault. Our eyebrows are fantastic. They are really. (laughs) Look at this fucking luscious shit. (laughs) Gremlins, nineteen eighty (laughs) four, starring Zach Galligan, uh, best known from this Gremlins two and the Waxwork series. Best known from this. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. That's where where that ends. (laughs) Right. Uh, Phoebe Cates, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Drop Dead Fred. She did her among others. um, Howie Mandel. (laughs) Frank Welker, Hoyt Axton, and Francis Lee McCain did reprise their roles in the Lego Dimensions video game. So I thought that was really Oh, cool. God. I'm sorry. I have to walk off the mention of Drop Dead Fred. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. Drop Dead Fred is cute. I, even when I was a kid, I was like, what is this? Right. It was what insane. I love no, it. No, it was like, why is the guy from the Young Ones being annoying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Did you watch the young ones? Yes. He was, he was annoying then too. Yeah, but it was a different kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, Howie Mandel from St. Elsewhere, Little Monsters, and Bobby's World. Also, uh, if you watch America's Got Talent, he was a judge on there for a while. Uh, Hoyt Axton uh, from The Black Stallion, Disorganized Crime, We're No Angels. He's mostly known as a country musician. Oh, yeah. And he's got that <clears throat> sexy, sexy baritone. He's got that deep CW McCall shit. Oh, <clears throat> no. I Daddy could get it. Yeah, Daddy oh, could oh, yeah. totally get it. Yeah. He makes oh. this movie for me, man. He does. I mean, he's, and he's the narrator, so you get to hear just his yeah. voice. He's Wonderful. just really His good. voice is ASMR. We were talking about that, too. It's mm, one of those soothing things. It doesn't really to... soothe me, but it no. soothes parts of me. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> soothe. He does very little to soothe my loins. <laughs> uh, Francis Lee McCain from Footloose, Stand By Me, and Back to the Future. Uh, Polly Holiday, best known from Alice, yeah. but otherwise she's a character actress. Mrs. Doubtfire, she was in the Parent Trap remake. Yeah. Um, Dick Miller, also a character actor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from the Howling Terminator, the Burbs. Yeah, yeah. Because he's Joe Dante's. Joe Dante's Whoopi. Yes, he is. Uh, uh, Corey Feldman, you know who Corey Feldman is if you don't leave this podcast. Don't actually leave. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> if you don't know who Corey Feldman is, like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> yes, Rate, review. Um, <laughs> Lynn Terman from Peyton Place. He also made some later appearances in, like, Super 8 and Burlesque. Uh, he's another one you'll recognize when you see him. Yeah. Kind, of, yeah. kind of actors, just like Dick Miller. I, I, I will have questions about his character later. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. By his character, I mean the character he plays in the movie, not yes. his character. As a <laughs> as a person. I was kind of wondering. I just, I, I just really need to just clarify what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, Key Luke, uh, best known from Sidekicks, uh, Mash. Uh, he's uh, also a voice actor, Battle of the Planets, uh, sort of thing. Um, Judge Reinhold, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, all again, and Ruthless People. Uh, he was the one that was staring at Phoebe Cates' tits. In that movie, in both movies, in both movies, <laughs> he was he was staring at Phoebe Cates tits in this movie. He was, yes, he was, and yeah. he didn't. I don't know what happened to him after the first half of the movie. Uh, actually, in the original script, I think they even shot the scene. He locked himself in the bank vault and started going mm. mad. Nice. They took that out because they felt it was too dark. Oh, which, you know what? I think I remember that scene. No, I've never seen that scene myself, but I maybe thought it was, was on like the VHS release or something. I, I don't know. know. Frank Welker from every Hanna-Barbera cartoon ever. He is the voiceover guy. Um, he Yeah, he's the original Fred. Yep. Like Fred and Scooby. Well, he's been Scooby for about the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, he, he took over for oh, Scooby. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. He is also the voice of Megatron in, in every iteration of the Transformers yeah. from inception to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Soundwave, Galvatron, all that stuff. He voiced the Martians in Mars Attacks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking of which... Yeah. My new fucking cross-stitch project is a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, getting down to the really weird stuff, but it's fun for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, he voiced the cat bus in the English dub of My Neighbor Totoro. Yay! Yay! And my personal favorite, um, he was the voice of Bunny the dog in Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Bunny, ball, ball. <laughs> and so I was like, and I, then just, <laughs> I do too. Have you, have you played the new Pokemon game at all? Uh, I don't have a, uh, a switch. switch so. so you can ride on Pokemon. Oh, yay. And w- one of the ones you can ride on is Snorlax. And you just hop on his belly like you're riding Totoro. Yay! <laughs> it's, so, it's, so, it's so good. Wow. And so vaguely sexual for the furries. Uh, no, no. Way I'm, to ruin it. Yeah, I'm, I'm flashing back to the, I was to the Totoro a, Rule 34 that I found. I was just having a happy Why fun time you? thinking about Totoro. <laughs> Yeah. And I brought in the furries. I'm sorry. Sorry. 
Okay, and we do get a special mention for the voice people because Michael Winslow, who's the the voice guy from Police Academy movies, yeah. also did Gremlins voices. Oh, well, there are a whole bunch of others. The other one who is uh, also of note is, um, well, Peter Cullen. Yeah, Optimus mm. Prime. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he's also been the voice of Eeyore for the past 30 years, which I didn't know. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Another one of them deep, super peso <laughs> voices that. Which doesn't, which I don't understand <clears throat> him voicing gremlins. So, are we ready for plot? Like, like people don't know the plot of gremlins. But... <laughs> I'm just going to wonder. <laughs> um, but here's your refresher, kids. Here's your refresher list. Yeah, basically, it's just like. <laughs> So, uh, Rand Peltzer, an inventor of the mad science variety, visits Chinatown on a business trip to do some last-minute Christmas shopping and is led into a curiosity shop by a scheming child looking to make a buck. <laughs> there, there he hears an adorable singing sound as it introduced to the Mogwai. He immediately wants to buy it because he's the white devil and cannot be trusted. <laughs> uh, Mr. Wing refuses to let the colonizer appropriate his culture. <laughs> kid really wants to help grandpa pay the rent so he sells it to him make sure he understands the rules well, no wonder the store needs money they keep a hundred candles burning in there 24 7 right but that means they don't have electric bells so <laughs> shit yeah man so, but ancient candles... chinese secret <laughs> and yeah, i don't know maybe they're making them out of earwax or something i don't what, know uh, go you on know? with the rules we'll go on with the rules the rules are fine so the rules number one keep them out of bright light especially the sun sunlight will kill him Two, don't get him wet. <laughs> uh, Note to self, three. do not show Gizmo pictures of Big Justin. <laughs> three. Yeah, instead he just gets carried around in a little box by Hoyt Axton. That's not better. Right. Still moist. I'm going to slide off this chair. There is a snail trail happening. <laughs> no matter how hard he cries or begs, don't ever feed him after midnight. Now, we are going to take a break here. <laughs> Because there are a few things to talk about. Specifically consent. Spe- yes, yeah, specifically. <laughs> uh, first, uh, Mogwai or, or Mogui uh, in, in Cantonese and Chinese means demon monster or evil spirit. Mm. Okay. So uh, Mogwai in Chinese mythology take very special care to breed during the rainy season because rain signifies richness in the future. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what they built these rules on. Oh, okay. So, I mean, not to not to derail that, but also since we're, we're stopping right here to talk about like ephemera, uh-huh. you notice like the first minute of the movie when Hoyt Axton is walking in Chinatown, mm-hmm. he passes a car. The car is sitting there like broken down with steam coming out from under its hood. Uh-huh. It's an AMC gremlin. <laughs> I did not know that. That's amazing. I stopped and watched it like five times. I even called David and was like, David, you got to see this. (laughs) You should have known, Axton. You should have (laughs) known. That'll teach you to walk into any horribly stereotyped cultural misappropriation emporium. (laughs) So, okay. It was. It really was. So, according to the novelization of this book, and I remember having this novelization, it was super fun to read. I had the trading cards. Yeah. Uh, su- supposedly, awesome. the Mogwai were created as gentle, contemplative creatures by a scientist on an alien world. However, it was discovered that their physiology was unstable. The end result was that only one in about 10,000 would retain their sweet, loving demeanor. The rest would change into creatures that the novel referred to as mischievous. Uh, the minority Mogwai, the one in 10,000, are all but immortal by human standards, though, uh, though Gizmo explains to Stripe that if he were to undergo the gremlin's transformation himself, he would become like the others, short-lived and violent. Okay. So, yeah. First of all, that sucks. That's yeah. really bad. 
That's really bad writing. Second, <laughs> you're basically telling me that Mogwais are basically Stitch. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And Disney is still it. He stole it. <laughs> Which don't get me wrong, Lilo and Stitch has its own cultural misappropriation issues, but they were a, a little, little bit, bit, yeah. bit. Well, they they at least kind of. Well, no, because it was still written by the White Devils, so I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. Like I felt like they tried a little bit. Like by more than Gremlins. Yes, this was '84. Very true. <laughs> this was the same year that freaking Spielberg and Lucas made Temple of Doom, which was the yeah. creepiest cultural misappropriation fest oh, you could imagine. Mm. Yep. Uh, and this movie, and we've said it before, this movie and Temple of Doom, both Spielberg movies, yeah. mind you, uh, are the impetus for the PG-13 rating. Because of specifically in this movie, the scene in the kitchen. Mm. Oh, yeah. I With the microwave. The microwave. They had to tone very it down. Specific. There's like a scene in the kitchen when she like grabs a knife and you see yeah. her stabbing off camera. Mm-hmm. Like that was supposed to be more explicit. And they cut yeah. that part. But then like when she goes to. To, to, shut the to, microwave, microwave. to microwave the other one. Mm-hmm. You can still see this other gremlin like writhing with yeah. a knife in its chest on the fucking you countertop. Can. Well, and the stabbing <clears throat> scene was removed because that was going to give the movie an R rating. Yeah. And that would have been the death of this movie. Although I really wouldn't have minded an R-rated gremlins. I would have been, I would have been okay with it. Yeah. I mean, either way. But uh, one of the cool things that about this movie is, is that it uses a lot of different throwbacks to different types of movies. Um, it does the the whole the mysterious world type of thing with Chinatown, mm-hmm. where you, where you he, you go to get the mysterious artifact, the Mogwai, <laughs> um, the tyrannical elderly woman, Mrs. Deagle. Oh yeah, um, she was she was channeling the fuck out of Margaret Atwood. She really <clears throat> like Margaret hardcore. Hamilton. Pardon me, who the fuck is Margaret Atwood? You're right, it's Margaret Hamilton. Margaret Atwood is the author right. of The Handmaid's Tale. Fuck my life. Yes. <laughs> I apologize, Mrs. Out- Miss Atwood. It is Margaret Hamilton. Yeah. Yep. The Wicked Witch of the West. Uh, the rules themselves are based on fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, fairy tales and, and mythology. Yeah. The Chinese mythology itself. Yeah. And the picture-perfect hometown with the little green monsters. Seriously, it's like blending It's a Wonderful Life with the blob. Well, I thought it, my memories of it had them kind of like subverting that Norman Rockwell Christmas thing. Oh, yeah. But yep. it, it was less subversive than I remember, which is a bummer. But there's a lot of that. Um, other little fun subtextual things. Mm-hmm. Uh, American xenophobia, particularly yeah. in this in this in the sphere of manufacturing, that's mm-hmm. Mr. Futterman. Yep. And just as a, as an aside, don't yep. you remember the good old days when the crazy, drunken, xenophobic guy was kind of harmless and cute? Yeah, and kind maybe, of harmless and, and cute. probably not a racist. Uh, like, not, yeah. not, not a, a Nazi. Is not what not I was considered to say. racist, yeah. really. Well, he wasn't considered yeah. racist. But yeah. The, yeah. These days, Mr. Futterman way. would be wearing a red hat and burning down a synagogue. Yeah, he would be. Um, yeah. Or at least shooting it up. Right. Yeah. Oh. And, I mean, but I, it, it was not even remotely a an accurate depiction of PTSD. <laughs> oh no, no. Although well, I don't even think they. Call, I don't know if they even called it PS, PTSD by that no, point. Not then. Uh, not then. I forget what they moved on to calling it. They weren't still calling it shell shock either. There was another. There no. was a, yeah. there was shell a shock was thing. pretty much at the end of the war, and then they went right. to more scientific terms. I just can't remember. Shell what shock it was, was between. one too. Yeah, World War One. Yeah. Nah, the original is always better than the sequel. Yeah. Yeah, originally this movie was going to be a whole lot darker, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But yeah, it's this movie is like '80s acceptable racist. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's it's not at all, you know, it's problematic now, but it's one of those things that is still kind of ingrained in our culture, so we kind of accept yeah. it, and we know that it's wrong, and we know that it needs to be talked about. But it's one of those things where it's like, 
I still enjoy the movie. Well, no, no, yeah, and I think I think I've kind of put my my finger on. Wow, we're getting we're getting really thinky really early. We are. I apologize. That's right. But um, so I think one of the reasons why this movie is what it is, um, that Lucas and Spielberg were basically doing the Quentin Tarantino thing, twenty yeah. years before Quentin Tarantino was doing it, right? <clears throat> where they were basically taking the genre movies they grew up watching mm-hmm. and making their their versions of that. Yeah. Uh, and so like a lot of these character archetypes that are in this movie are the kind of things that you saw in, you know, like you said, you got you know, Mrs. Oh, yeah. Deagle, who is a total Margaret Hamilton. You've got like the apple cheeked American boy, uh-huh. you know, all of this shit. Um, the sturdy dad who's kind of manly. The, right. The wizened Chinese You want man. to fuck you until the foundation breaks in the house? Oh, yes. Yeah. Jackson, totally. But I know like, you're still alive. Please so, hear this. So like they, I think the thing, <laughs> if there's anything that bothers me about it, and this is also, I think, because it, it was the 80s and maybe people hadn't quite gotten hold of their postmodernism yet, but yeah. they didn't really comment on it. They just referenced it. Yeah, they did. Um, whereas, you know, Tarant- I mean, Tarantino would, would reference it, but it would also be presented in a maybe a slightly more knowing way. He would play way. with it more. Yeah. yeah. So, like, this is mostly played straight. And it's still cute and charming, but yeah. it is it does not play as well today as maybe it did no. in 1984. No, I, I, again, or even I still through like the 90s, movie. like yeah, it was still yeah. I, I, in the 90s is when people started to realize, hey, wait a minute, because yeah. there's actually some scholars that have looked at this movie and actually thought that the Gremlins were being depicted as African American stereotypes. Like they were upset about it. I'm like, because they're eating chicken with their bare hands and they're wearing newsboy f- caps and sunglasses in the dark, which are I feel things. like overall that's kind of a stretch. It Maybe is. the jazz gremlin. There are yeah. a couple Maybe of gremlins. There is a Ray Charles gremlin. Yeah, there was. I don't remember the Ray oh, Charles. Oh, there is. I, but I, also I, just saying I don't remember. Not yeah. that I don't But also a lot of the other a lot of the other gremlins are straight up looking like some shit out of the wild bunch, too. So oh, yeah. like who the, you know. I know. Which uh, that whole section of the movie just that's where it all falls apart for me anyway. So I'm yeah. not going to, def- I'm not going to defend it. I don't know if I right. agree with that assertion, but like, uh, yeah, you know, that scene uh, was like, let's play with the gremlins and then get Phoebe Cates out of that situation. Yeah. Like, it, it lasted a little bit too long for me. But. Yeah. I have questions about that scene too. We, yeah. we, we can, we can have, so, them. I'm we'll, sorry. We'll there. We can, yeah, we eventually get we'll get back to plot. Eventually yeah. we will. Are we I think now actually. I think so. Yes. I suspect. So after, after this, after the white devil leaves the shop, <laughs> Uh, we are then introduced to his son, Billy, and a few of the residents of Kingston Falls. Billy is an, ex- an, an aspiring artist, which makes sense as his whole family seems to be creative. Mom's a housewife. The neighbors are semi-retired. The kid that Billy occasionally hangs out with, Pete, is entirely too young for him to hang out with, but it seems that the whole town is like a big family, something that would not really occur in film these days. Uh, but it's not seen as a big deal so that he hangs out with a younger kid. And the girl that Billy likes, Kate, works volunteer shifts at a bar to keep it afloat due to sentimental value, while the town villain, Mrs. Deagle, cranky old cat lady that she is, just scourges her fucking way through life and is seriously obsessed with Billy's dog. Specifically torturing and murdering Specifically. She is Margaret Hamiltoning it. She is. She's Cruella I'll get you and your dog, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's totally dead. I mean, she was just, like, chewing the goddamn scenery and having a lovely time. Why are you putting an imported porcelain fucking snowman outside in the snow anyway? (laughs) It's a small town. My imported Bavarian snowman. (laughs) Like, first of all, let's dissect that. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, why the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) 
because she owns the entire town. She, she yeah. has more money than God because her husband was a, owned the entire town. No. And oh her. yeah, there's actually even a there's a dropped line at the end in a news broadcast where like her husband was incarcerated. <laughs> he was like a stockbroker who was who who had been. It was basically she like he was Mr. Enron, I guess. Yeah. But obviously she kept the money. Right. So or at least enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Weird little drop lines like that. There's a lot of little stuff like that. Totally. Totally. I bet she was worse to me than the Wicked Witch of the West as a kid. Well, she was yeah. Oh yeah. She's like intimately hateable. Oh, she, she wasn't green. Totally is. Like the woman that goes up and says, Hey, we're gonna be a few weeks late on the Morgan. She's like, I don't care. Yes. I'm like yeah, and then now I guess you know what to ask Santa for Christmas, and, and then, then walks away. It's like, and then just to be extra bastard in front scene, of her kids. That scene continues just long enough for the kids to go, "Mommy, I'm hungry." Mom. I know, me too. And you're just oh like, "Oh my god!" It's <laughs> like, it's like I didn't sign up for this. Like the movie right. is just like, <laughs> see, I actually just started. I was laughing already at that point. I just thought it was hilarious because this movie yeah. is like. If they could have found a way, mm-hmm. an acceptable way for her to eat one of those kids, oh, they would have. bitch oh would have God. done it. She would have done it. She she would have eaten part of it and then fed the rest to her cats. Yeah. She would have like absorbed the child into her vagina like an American gods and just oh. been like. Just hear her. <clears throat> yeah. No, it wouldn't make those noises. It's dry in there. <sighs> Not with all that fresh blood of the child. True. Yeah. Lubricant, kids. Lubricant. <laughs> oh my God! I uh, speaking of horrible things. Plus, she wore fur, which Peta would just die over now. I saw an ad, a legitimate ad, served Uh-oh. to me of an actual product. Oh. Oh yeah, it's feminine lip moisturizer. Okay. It's it's. You you've been searching stick. for the wrong things. No, it popped Facebook. up on my Did fucking you say twat stick. Twat stick. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's chapstick for your for your cooter. <laughs> like, I mean, I things get dry. So, I mean, like, I suppose you could also use it on your scrotum. It's the same type of skin. Make sure things are moisturized down there. I thought we were talking about gremlins. We were. <laughs> We started mentioning mentioning the relative dryness of Mrs. Deagle's labia, and I just kind of thought, oh, well, I'm going to think about this for a minute. Because maybe if she would have like done something to address so, the, the like the stinging and cracking. So so ladies. Well then she could that, that she couldn't lay pearls. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn Paltrow right. says jade eggs can help increase tightness and detox my coons. Oh my god. Uh. All right, ladies. My hoo-ha has never been cleaner. If you would like to send us information about these things and why they may have to be used, certainly (laughs) email us. Please without pictures. Please, yeah. I mean... Like, we can appreciate it. We can... But... We, we we certainly appreciate your parts and, and and the role they play in the world. We don't need to see them. Anyway, Peltzer takes the Mogwai home. And introduces him to Billy as Gizmo because he's an inventor. See? Yuck, yuck, yuck. Uh, and the world instantly falls in love with the ultra-marketable fuzzy thing. Yeah. He tells him the rules and Billy, good middle American boy that he is, does his best to follow them. Pete, clumsy child that he is, spills water on Gizmo and five new mogwai pop from his back because that's how they reproduce. Uh, these mogwai are fucking troublemakers and take great care to haze Gizmo incessantly. While Mr. Peltzer wants to market them as the Peltzer pet, Billy takes one of them to Mr. Hansen, the high school biology teacher, to be studied, cre- uh, creating a new one with a drop of water. So now there are six total. 
Uh, Hansen runs his tests, including taking blood, which the adorable little monster does not like. Okay. Stop there. Yes, A couple of Because first off, you already know how this is going to end because <clears throat> Mr. Hansen is the only black man in this movie. Yes, I know. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. So, so my questions. Yes. So we know what we know of Billy mm-hmm. is that he is not currently in school. Right. Which means presumably he has graduated high school. Yes. Yes. Because he has a day job. Right. At a bank. Yep. Yes. So he goes to a high school science teacher with this entirely new species and is like, hey, buddy. Yeah, I know. I'm going to walk in here with this child who's not yet in high school. Well, Help. yeah. Actually, because. I think the kid was a freshman. Pete is actually Pete is in Mr. Hansen's class. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so I think see, he's a freshman. Um, oh my God, freshmen are in high school. Yes. Yes. In Fremont, they're not. Where I grew up, freshman is still middle school. I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> middle school, seven, eight, nine. <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah, no. I, ninth grade, I was in. Uh, well, when I went to school, in seventh and eighth grade was middle school. Ninth grade was a. It was still high school, but it was a separate class mm-hmm. from the rest. Mm-hmm. So we didn't actually go to the big high school until 10th grade. So sophomore. So, um, but I mean, the fact that he's still hanging around with the freshmen when he's uh, an adult, a little creepy, but it's also small town America. Yeah, this is, yeah, Yeah. no, there's no, there's no butt fucking in Norman Rockwell's America. No, there is not. I mean, not that we know of anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, because no, there definitely is. (laughs) I mean, there is, but we don't talk about it. Wasn't there, wasn't there that we one do. movie with Reese That's Witherspoon? That's what we do in this podcast. <laughs> I was literally... <laughs> I was using the royal... We can't use the royal we. We're in America. I was using the democratic we. <laughs> Jesus. Now, we, we consistently talk about that fucking... Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's... Really Someone say recreationally. <laughs> <laughs> I love my. Nose. I was gonna try and work on a rectum somewhere. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Um, I, do it. I swear to God, there's, but there's so many scenes, especially early in the movie, that are, that are like the, there are my. That's where the movie lives for me. Yeah, like it's I almost Kentucky Harvester. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the movie is really funny, right? And when like right. and fucking um, Mr. Futterman. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Futterman is hilarious. He really yeah. is. I mean. You know, damn foreign cars. Damn foreign cars. They always freeze never up given, on you. Get, never given me an issue in 15 years. Right? Know why? It's Kentucky Harvester. Kentucky Harvester. <laughs> I'm like, have you never actually driven a Volkswagen Beetle? Because or if literally you take any car, them, because that's not a car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a, a Volkswagen Beetle, when taken care of correctly, will run you forever, especially yeah. a manual. Well, but this, that's also, I mean, that's, uh, that's also kind of a... Uh, another fairly timely thing and down yeah. to the 80s because that was when I mean there's always been kind of a, a made in the USA push yeah the 80s uh, around that time was when it really really went nuts because foreign cars started really making inroads into the American market because mm-hmm. after the fuel shortage mm-hmm. of the late 70s the big American gas guzzlers weren't going to cut it no more right and right. we are actually very very bad at making fuel efficient vehicles yeah or at least we yeah. were not I mean, less bad now. Yeah. And the other thing with the Volkswagen in particular, because of Mr. Futterman was the whole world war two thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it's yeah. very, very pointedly that is a German car and I don't like it. Yeah. But yeah, the whole, yeah, you, you've brought it to the only black person in town <laughs> yes. who is your high school biology teacher. Yeah. Because apparently he just didn't have any connections anywhere else. Hey, maybe you want to study this thing. I mean, at least they broke from, you know, 
it being a magical black guy. Yeah. Then yeah. it was just a scientific black guy. At least, <laughs> honestly, given yeah. the era in which this film was made, I was very pleased that he wasn't roller skating. True. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I do have questions about... Or breakdancing. I, I do have questions about him working at 2 a.m. in a fucking high school. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that teachers work hard. Absolutely. But they're not staying at the school that late. Not not running experiments on this new thing that some kid brought in. Well, it's yeah. also kind of weird because the passage of time in this town makes no goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, Mr. Hansen is working at, like, sort of, I guess, at 2 a.m. or whatever. It's a bit after 2. There's yeah. a clock behind Okay. It. And then, like, and Kate is working at the bar, and she closes out the bar with Mr. Futterman. But while they're walking home, there's Christmas carolers and, like, a happy old couple who are listening to these Christmas carolers and I'm because, like, because it's a small American town. You can walk around at all hours of the night and be safe. Yeah. So either, so either, yeah. so either there's Christmas caroling going on at 2 AM hmm. or the bar closed at seven 30. Hmm. Yeah. The passage of time is very strange in this town. It is. It's very weird. So, all right. Returning to plot synopsis. Oh. Uh, later, the remaining Mogwai assholes that they are, Trick Billy into feeding them after midnight by chewing through the power cord to his alarm clock, thus attempting to get him fired because he already has a track record of poor attendance at work. Goddamn foreign <laughs> alarm clocks. They always freeze up on you. <laughs> uh, and we next see them, including the one in Mr. Hansen's possession, who swiped a sandwich that he left out in slimy, nasty, ugly cocoons. Only half of a sandwich. Only half a sandwich, true. Uh, they hatch, and then the real fun begins. Mr. Hansen calls Billy to let him know that they're loose. Billy goes to check on him. By the time Billy arrives, Mr. Hansen is dead by way of a ton of syringes full of unknown whatever in his tuchus. The loose gremlin informs us that it's Jewish when it refers to an apple as treif, the Yiddish word for junk food. What? Yeah. When it what? when it go, went to eat the apple, it says treif <laughs> and throws it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so maybe that whole racist thing should need to be reexamined. It might need to be, actually. Well, okay, because I know when they did... A little anti-Semitism there. Well, because, okay, that was... The voice the voice acting for the Gremlins was pretty mm-hmm. much entirely improvised. Mm-hmm. They basically were just like... They would either repeat lines that were already on the soundtrack that somebody yeah. had just said, they or they would just sort of like narrate as to something that was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, so... Somebody had a sense of humor. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. maybe didn't think that through. Trave. <laughs> and, and the gremlin escapes temporarily. Gizmo, caca, is tossed into a laundry chute at home, so he's safe for the time being. Mm. Mrs. Peltzer notices strange sounds and goes to check on the pods when Billy calls her and tells her to get out of the goddamn house. This is the best part of the movie, by it the way. It really is. The kitchen scene. It's really great. The movie Although, peaks with this sequence. It does. I do want to say, I don't know what kind of bullshit, gross-ass, nasty frosting she was using to have those bright fucking <laughs> Right? But I was like, girl, that looks like plastic. That was, And I'm yeah. sure it was, because movie set. That was that yeah. store-bought shit, too. But like, I was oh, like, it was always oh, like that. it looks yeah. so... It was actually like, I feel like I can taste it, and it makes my mouth feel gross. My understanding is that that was not actually frosting. It was like window caulk. That would make Colored sense why it's that color, color then. And that texture. Which is interesting because it is almost the same color as the mac and cheese and the cheddar goblin yeah. segment of Mandy. <laughs> uh, Available on Shutter. Please pass mm. Shutter. Anyway. <laughs> Damn, that was smooth. That, that was. was. That wasn't just smooth, that was ASMR. Sorry, I was just thinking about the cheddar goblin and like 
Don't get me wrong. I'm not into ramen showers, mm. but if the Cheddar Goblin vomits mac and cheese, I'll probably eat it. I mean, yeah. Because mac and cheese. I mean... I mean, it doesn't look pre-digested anyway. Right. It's... Yeah, I guess. Your, your body makes something that I eat. Okay. I'm all right. Not even going to go there. Continue with plot. Well, it would... There's a really easy cum joke. Continue there with were plot. Se- there, there were several. <laughs> there were several, yes. Anyway. Like, uh, just flying past my face like little white bullets. Joke, 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 joke. <laughs> Fuck. And then, like, a big one, like, right here. Right, obviously. Yeah. Billy's mom... Burns. Bukaki. Billy's mom shows that she's a total goddamn badass by grinding one of the gremlins up in a food processor, stabbing one to death, and toasting another little green motherfucker in the microwave for ruining her fucking cookies. She's attacked by one in the Christmas tree that Billy decapitates with a handy sword and Stripe gets away. Billy gets his mom to a safe place and finds Gizmo, making sure he's okay, before the both of them follow Stripe to the local YMCA, where it discovers the joys of chlorine and ball sweat jumping into the pool. So I had to run ahead, and so that... Okay. Go. Continue. Mm. That that sentence... Um, when did you type this? this Hang on, no, there's a, there's a, there's a timestamp. <laughs> 10.43am. Wow, dude. That's when I printed it, anyway. <laughs> that's that's true. <laughs> but I know. But based off of new of four in the top left, you didn't save it, which means that you no. had typed it fairly recently, right? <laughs> so <laughs> you thought that that was an okay sentence, <laughs> that that was an okay thing to type. <laughs> you know what? I have no room to complain after last week. <laughs> None. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. Jump, jumps in, holding his little nose. You see the little puppet sink to the bottom of the pool. Then the bubbles begin. I will say that that Chlorine that's sprinkled in uh, after Gizmo is removed from the laundry chute. One of my favorite shots. It happens a few times. Uh, in the movie is of Gizmo in the backpack, like bouncing right. there like pencils and papers. <laughs> yeah. He's just like looking at things, hitting him in the face, really annoyed. Yeah. They oh. did. They actually did sprinkle that in through the rest of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing that I did forget to mention, by the way, was the whole thing about the dog. Because the dog yeah. did end up attacked by the gremlins. Oh, but well, fine. Like, not, the, not the gremlins, the mogwai before they were gremlins. The gremlins are still mogwai. They were... Yeah, it, it's it's their their larval stage. Um, the mo- the the bad mogwai did tangle him up in the Christmas lights on on, uh, on the porch, and yeah. then they they removed the dog from the situation, so we didn't have to worry about the dog dying. They were originally going to kill the dog and Billy's mom. Yeah, so they were like, no, 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 we want family movie. Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna scrap that. It's thanks. I don't think they went too far in that direction, unfortunately. For my money, I, I can I can see that. But I can because I think there's um. Okay, I don't this, hate what they did with it. The section no. where Billy's mom is like in the house, like that's stock horror movies. No, I don't say stock. Stock makes it sound really bad. Yeah, it's like kind of like a classic, really good horror movie. Scene. Oh yeah, it's yeah. cool as fuck. She's being stalked, and she She's, stalks right the fuck back. She does. Yeah. Um, and it's the movie kind of after that point. It just kind of. 
loses interest in being a horror movie after that point. It's more it does kind of flail. It's more it rompy, adventure-y. It's which is for my money, you know, I liked it better when it was kind of a kind of a horror monster movie. Right. You you wanted it darker, and I appreciate that. Well, I, yeah, I just think maybe a little more focused in terms of its tone because its tone is all yeah. over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, yeah, you, it gets a little like Looney Tooney. Yeah, very. It does, very. especially in the bar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, one of the things that I wanted to mention before yeah. we go into the end yep. um, was Phoebe Cates, because we haven't really talked about Kate, the character yet. Because, because she she's hasn't not really, really mattered. Yeah, she's not important just yet. However, she's coming up. She yes. becomes a major plot device toward the end. Yeah, they, they originally did not want to hire Phoebe Cates because of her topless scenes in Ridgemont. Because mm-hmm. she was controversial. She's like, why are you putting a woman whose tits have been all over the screen... That everyone knows who's who, you know what her breasts look like. First in a of all, uh, they appeared on screen for like half a second. Yeah, but she was still topless in a film. So, and this is a children's movie, essentially. And this was the early eighties. Yeah, I don't know. Was I contra- wasn't alive. Tell me about it. I know <laughs> she was a controversial decision, and I uh, frankly, I'm I'm not sure why, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because honestly, I think as as much as. As much as I do enjoy this movie, I think that Phoebe Cates is like one of the better actors she in is. it. She yeah. really is. <laughs> she, she gets the funniest scene in this movie. She does. Yeah, your your funniest scene is the part where she talks about why she hates Christmas, though. It is the funniest scene in the movie. <laughs> it's the funniest scene in the movie. It really it, is. It actually really is. It really is. And, and it gets funnier in Gremlins, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's much shorter in Gremlins, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Uh, while Billy goes to the police who do not believe him, uh, the neighbors start getting attacked. Mr. Futterman almost gets run over by his own tractor, the Kentucky Harvester. Uh, a man is attacked by a mailbox. One gremlin fucks with the traffic lights, causing accidents. I love that little guy. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, then people start calling the cops, which makes the two semi-inebriated assholes who literally just saw the impossible previously unknown species with their own two goddamn eyes go investigate. Uh, they, semi-inebriated. They see Mrs. Deagle. Deagle. Deagle, Deagle, Deagle. <laughs> and it's pretty damn sad when the villains recognize and hate you as another villain. Uh, get rocketed out of a window by her chairlift after almost creating more gremlins when she goes to soak a few carolers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a man who is normally known for play- playing Santa get attacked by several of the creatures. That was while, cute. While they witness this, a gremlin cuts their brake line. Pete has to fend off a few of their own. Uh, a few of his own, excuse me, uh, and the cops get into an accident of their own. Words are things. Somebody got yeah, Pete wet too. Those cops are dead. Those cops, yeah, those How? cops are essentially dead. The they car, got, the their car, car flipped. That doesn't kill it you. It doesn't necessarily. But yeah, but it's that, the 80s that, that seatbelt laws weren't common. That top kind of squished. I guess maybe. As far as I'm concerned, the only two deaths in this movie, the only two confirmed deaths in this movie, are the one black guy mm-hmm. and, and the evil and crazy, Deagle. the evil crazy cat lady who yeah. you really wanted to see die anyway. Al- although I Pete did. really should have died when he cut that friggin' Christmas cord with, with a pair the of comically large scissors. Yeah, mm. yeah. Didn't you go from this to like Friday the Thirteenth, Feldman? Uh, or was I, that before? I don't know. I think, I, I think part of if I remember part correctly, five was just before. Or just four after this. was before this. Five okay. was after this. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So he had. But a, yeah, those those scissors did not have rubber handles. He should have died. Should have died. Eh, I. He could have also chosen literally any other way to get the gremlin off the fucking thing. Yeah. Then he could have slingshot. closed his window. He could have closed his window. They would have broken it, but he would, would, would at least have had a few seconds to get away. Would they? 
Stripe broke the window to get out of the Peltzer house. And to get into the YMCA. They know all about breaking windows. And to get into the department store. Yes. Montgomery Ward. For all of your candy needs. Yeah. 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 Also, he went from Gremlins to a Cindy Lauper short. And then to Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, and then to The Goonies. The Cindy Lauper yeah. short was a promo video for The Goonies, most likely. The go- uh, it's a, the Cindy Lauper, The Goonies are good enough. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was her promo video. They shot the promo video for The Goonies around the same time that The Goonies movie happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the yes. entire cast of the movie appeared in the video. Good they man. made two videos for the same song. Yes. Also included in the video were pretty much everybody who was popular in World Wrestling Federation. So we're mm-hmm. talking about like Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Iron Sheik, of Captain Lou Albano. That entire two year stretch where she was like on WWF oh, yeah. like every week. They didn't get like Hulk Hogan and I don't think they could get like Andre the Giant. No, but they did get Lou Albano because Lou yeah. Albano was also in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. Yeah, he played mm. her dad all the time. Yeah. she. He, I don't know why I know this, but <laughs> there you why go. Not? Was He was also in Shebop, right? I think he was in the Shebop video. Oh, fuck. I don't remember. For a video that was explicitly about masturbation, there really wasn't a lot of masturbation. Think, I don't video. think Captain Lee was in that video. Uh, and I know this because I actually have seen that video a lot. It's funny as shit. Yeah. It's really good. It's one. That's also one of my, that's my second favorite Cindy Lauper song. See, I like the one from Vibes. That is my favorite Cindy Lauper song. A, a hole in, hole my, in my heart that goes all the way to China. Yes. It's amazing. <laughs> so cute. Or he's just like <laughs> fucking old guys. <laughs> Why do you know these things? Why are you all? Yeah. I love that. I'm <laughs> My favorite is still Into the Nightlife. Oh, so. Into the, wait, into the, into the Nightlife. Into the Nightlife? Andy's going to have to do some homework. No, I'm life. just getting that mixed up with All Through the Night, I think, which is also very nice. Mm. All Through the Night is very nice. That's one of the love, one of her more lovely songs. Yeah, I don't so. know Into the Nightlife. Maybe. Anyway. I'll- there's a lot of silence here happening, so I'm going to continue. <sighs> the Gremlins all decide they want to go see a movie. All. Decide they want to go see a movie for whatever fucking reason. Friday uh, night, small town. What else is there to do? Sure, Actually, there is. There's a drop line Fuck that explains and meth. it. <laughs> now, yeah. So 80s. So fuck and coke. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I can't gainsay that. <laughs> there's Even a drop a line. There's okay. a drop line that explains it though. Uh, that because like the street lights were all on and it was too bright for them outside, ah, so, so they all wanted theater. to go into a. Plot contrivance. It's okay. Hmm. Right. Um, but but so they decide to go into the local theater to watch Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. By the way, the licensing of this Disney film here helped to grease the wheels for Warner Brothers to collaborate with Disney on Who Framed Roger Rabbit I later. I was kind of wondering. Yeah, it was just greasing the wheels. They had never had a bad relationship between the two studios. But that's just, it's like, okay, we'll pay you to do this. And then maybe we'll do more stuff later. So just a lot of licensing stuff going on with that you know you skipped the whole paragraph did i but oh there was the whole oh fuck yeah okay so billy goes to see there's not that much yeah yeah so wait no i didn't skip the whole thing i got like halfway and then then you went to another oh yeah Yeah. i forgot so yeah she has to get rescued from the bar So peter gabriel's out out just uh, and causing chaos (laughs) in general uh apparently beer does not make them multiply uh kate figures out that she can keep them away from her with a camera flash and escapes with billy while the town is in shambles during our period of respite in the bank, Kate relays while she, why she hates Christmas. Her father had died while trying to come down the chimney as Santa when she was nine. I swear to God, that okay. monologue is the funniest thing going in this movie. Um, Roger Ebert called that scene a throwback to the great tradition of 1950s sick jokes. He loved it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> he loved it's it. It's the best scene in this movie. And I swear to God, um, 
The studio didn't want it. The studio told Dante to take it out. Spielberg also hated it, but he was like, nah, it's his movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the funniest thing in this entire movie. How would anybody not want this to yeah. be there? And, and Dante wanted it in specifically because he wanted that dark humor to yeah. offset that happy, cheery Christmas shit. Well, it doesn't come across. I don't know if it's dark humor, but it's just. It's a little melodramatic. Extremely and melodramatic. And that's why it's so funny. opposite to the tone of the rest of the movie. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. such a weird, like immediate departure. Yeah. And it's kind I mean, of, she kind of dropped a line earlier. She's like, oh, my God, you just say you hate Christmas and everybody looks at you like you're a leper. I know. And, I, and she does that. And I'm like, preach, sister. Motherfucking yeah, preach. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with Andy on that. Christmas right. with Slayer. I was just like, yeah, no, it's it's garbage. Yeah, I'm it's just, fine. I'm over it. But like, I, I enjoy the season. I'm not like the biggest fan. Sure. I, uh, I enjoy being with friends and gift giving and that sort of thing. And that's what I like about it. And that's about it. I just don't need a specific day of the year to do that. Right. Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. But the, that story is so good. That is the Mrs. White flames on the side of my face moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. Where she just like takes over the movie for a minute. Mm-hmm. And she did and, it really and, well. And then it's like, oh, right. There are other characters. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, yeah. There's stuff we got to do. All right. So. So good. All right. So blah, blah, blah. Gremlins decide they want to see a movie. Uh, Billy and Kate rig up an explosion to kill all the little beasties, but didn't plan on Stripe escaping. They track him to the Montgomery Ward, where he he had raided the candy aisle. Uh, we get a delightful chainsaw slash bat confrontation, and Stripe finds the fountain in the lawn and garden de- department because Kate keeps throwing switches like an idiot. <laughs> okay. She's <laughs> trying little... to turn the lights on. And she doesn't actually know what switch does what. I know. Which is interesting because every other building that they go into, Kate has intricate working knowledge of how that right. shit is. <laughs> Where's the boiler in the movie theater? Oh, it's back here. Let me show you. Right. Do you work at the movie theater on Night Talk she, too? She's like that one character uh, on uh, The Amazing World of Gumball who just works oh. everywhere. She's, yeah. Works in every menial, minimum wage job ever, everywhere. She's in basically Jet Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Wow. So, so. I don't know how that one came to mind, but I, I don't know. know. But Gizmo, with the help of a Barbie dream car, <sighs> stops Stripe from starting the process all over again by opening the blinds and melting him with daylight in probably one of the most traumatic scenes I had ever seen in a horror movie up until that point in my life he when I saw that, this in the theaters. You thought that was traumatic? 10. When I was a child? Yes. I saw it when I was a child, too. I didn't think it was traumatic. I thought watching him turn into a puddle of goo was disgusting and slightly okay, traumatic. That's not, not exactly what happened, because he turned into a skeleton, and then the then skeleton. <laughs> there was goo everywhere. And then, yeah, well, you know. It was, when you're a child, I mean, uh, maybe not you. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was amazing, too, but it was also traumatic. It was also a very intense scene for a child to watch. Didn't which is, again, PG-13, kids. <laughs> So I don't know. Like, I, I just I never thought that, I didn't think that was traumatic. I just thought it was just fucking cool. Like, yeah. and it was really, really funny, especially I always I always looked at because like I the dog, say- the dog looking at the puddle with the little bladders inflating and yeah, yeah. looking like right. the dog had just like had a had a bit of a sick up. Right. Like, I always thought that that was like, <laughs> yeah, that's my that, sense of humor. When that, I was a kid. that that brought it back to me. But <laughs> I, I will say that I did think it was more cool than traumatic, but traumatic was yeah. still in there. I was like watching um <laughs> Pence nay Nazi guy's face melt in Raiders of the Lost Ark. See, I didn't watch that until a few years later. Oh, see, I'd seen that in the theater before Gremlins yeah, ever happened. No, that was one yeah, my parents I, I, didn't want me to watch. I just thought that was the coolest shit ever. I saw that I saw that way before I saw Gremlins and yeah, yeah. No, that one fucked me up because I saw it when I was like six. Oh. 
Yeah. What's interesting about that is though, because like I saw this and I saw all that other shit and like I saw all of that and like Ghostbusters came out same year mm-hmm. and like I fucking ran and hid from, from the, the ghost, library, library ghost. ghost. <laughs> so there you go. She was. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Stripe, she was one of, I did not. Stripe wasn't like shit. Like a child. <laughs> um, Stripe, and it's, it's also weird yeah. because at, at that point in my life, this is Bob's childhood. It's hilarious. <laughs> Mom is a horror movie freak. Dad is not. And stepmother is, oh, they shouldn't be watching that. Mom mm. is like. I'm here with you. I will explain to you that it is, you know, fiction and you right. don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Living with my dad and stepmother at this point in my life. So I didn't, uh, there were things that I didn't get to see, mm-hmm. but this one they're like, oh, it's PG. Go right ahead. Use your birthday money. Cause it came out in the summer as opposed to Christmas because yeah. Warner brothers didn't have a blockbuster. No, it was actually so. it opened opposite. I think it actually opened opposite ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. It was either ghostbusters or temple of doom. And it was temple of doom. Really? It opened, opened opposite temple of doom. <laughs> Yep. So yeah, and Spielberg's like, oh, like Spielberg. fuck it. I get the money no oh, matter look, what. Money. <laughs> That's Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. By the way, this movie made eighty million dollars in video rental alone. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, for when it for when it came out, that's a humongous chunk of change. It was made with eleven million. So yeah, super also, return on investment. If there. I remember correctly, yeah, they blew it on the second one. They did. But I still love this. Well, for its own by reason. that point, Warner Brothers was into the pants on head part of their. They were <laughs> of their, of and their they went history. ultra Looney Tunes, and they're still, yeah. they're yeah. But again, that wasn't Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers didn't do that. That was Joe no. Dante who did that shit. It was. He had complete creative control. That was he his did. movie. He wanted that, and that's fine. And because I enjoy it, yeah. I like it. It's not horror. No, 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 no. He didn't even want to make it. He didn't want to make uh, the sequel. Yeah, they wanted to. He's like, okay, if you're going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And yeah. fuck you, Warner Brothers. And so he wrecked it. He completely wrecked it. Just a fuck. Are you talking about a spider gremlin with eight legs? In his web. Yes, that is in the movie. Done. Next. <laughs> you realize none of this is going to be in the movie, right? All, All of this, this was in actually movie. in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just love from the minute that that sketch starts. He's dressed up like fucking Meshack Taylor in Mannequin. <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> Just, Which didn't that also come out in '84? <laughs> no, mannequin. later. That mannequin was like '86, '87. Yeah. Oh, okay. I love how I know this. Why mannequin had two sequels? I don't know. It had more than one sequel. I believe it had two. I it's know being, one was straight to video. It's being remade. Oh my god! Kill me. Wait, it might not be mannequin. It might be life size. Which is the same thing. Either way. No, it'd probably be Mannequin because I'm pretty sure Tyra Banks would kill someone who tried to remake a movie that had her in it. it, it no, it is Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks is Oh, involved. is she remaking is involved it? With well, of course she size. fucking is. Well, yeah. <sighs> God damn it. Still. <clears throat> you want to read the last little thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, help of our dream car. Stop straight. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Opening blinds. Melting of daylight. In the aftermath. Billy is at home again with his family and Kate, who's who's taking Gizmo's temperature like they have any idea of what the normal temperature of a Mogwai is supposed to be. I love how that's your breaking point. Not um, the Barbie dream car that runs <laughs> the Barbie dream with car no that, motor yeah. that steers with no... I, I was going no, to talk about that, and I'm like... It goes real fast. It does. Yeah. That thing had some fucking power. Multiple scenes of him just like Ralph S. Mousing it right past the dog. <laughs> Two different times. Woof, woof. Dog's like, holy fuck, why are we shooting this again? Right? <laughs> the dog's like, fuck you. I'm going back to working with Kubrick. 
God that got it. dark. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So with his family, and Mr. Wing comes to collect Gizmo, admonishing them for letting Gizmo watch television. Um, he tells Billy that he knows someday he'll be responsible enough to care for Gizmo, but not right now. Oh, Billy gets to be the Aww. white savior. He does. He's a cute little white savior. Gizmo gives Billy an adorable E.T. like goodbye, and our time in Kingston Falls comes to an end. I okay, I have a question about this. Yes. Because I have distinct memories of Gizmo's last line being different. What did you think it was? Or what did I you love you, Billy. Ew. No. No, I think he said that one in the second one. But he Maybe that's it. what it is. Yeah. No, he just said bye bye, Billy. Yeah. Because when I watched it last night, that's what he said, and I was like, "That's not the line I remember." So I'm wondering yeah. if like it was different in different no. releases. No, I th- <laughs> I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he does say "I love you, Billy" in the second one. He does not say it in the first uh, one. I don't remember. I also don't remember. <laughs> I always remember. Maybe I'm just insane. That's a honestly I mean, that a strong too. possibility. <laughs> so yeah, people. I don't know why people have like analyzed this movie at all but Those people um, analyze analyzing parts of the popular culture is what people do right i mean charlotte miller who's a scholar uh interpreted gremlins as representing various aspects of western culture like teenage behavior like greed anti being anti-technology the wealthy established establishment disney fans apparently disney fans were a problem in the 80s uh, and it, it's all <laughs> yeah in the 80s yeah it's all dependent on the scene i'm like I can get how you can see this, but I'm pretty sure it was just meant to be a fun monster movie. Well, yes, but see, the whole point of this is the. I mean, remember, we started this podcast by talking about subtext of various things. Yeah, we're we talking did. about the subtext of American xenophobia and manufacturing jobs moving overseas. Yeah, we're also there talking about the, the the trade the trade imbalance that yeah. kind of really started to become a right. more of an issue in the eighties. Mm-hmm. That's a sad um, dog. There's a window. There's a fat dog outside. Oh, I thought you said sad dog, and I was like, yes. No, I said fat. Oh. Podcat has been asleep this entire time. Yeah. It's scaring me. It's, weird. it's fucking adorable. It is. <laughs> but it is scaring me. Bye, Die Hard. <laughs> um, God damn it, Die Hard. So like it's like I'm not I'm not worried if people like you can read a movie however you want. That's yeah. I mean, and it's not like not like that dumb room two thirty seven bullshit where you're like <laughs> yeah. Like if you you know oh. if, if you want to read the subtext of the scene, go ahead. Since since you brought it up, I have been chastised for talking about room two thirty seven. Oh really? Why? Because Max is the one who told me about it, <gasps> and I could not remember who told me about oh, no. it. So here you go. Name dropped. Continue. <laughs> now the best Max part just is be mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> best part is. This is going to cut out. It may well be. <laughs> well, how, I'll find out. How much, Max? Your call, buddy. But, oh, geez. No, this movie, this is something that, you know, came out in 84. I was 11 years old. This is the first horror movie that I got to go see in a theater by myself. I use my birthday money. This 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 movie is holds a special place in the deep dark pit where my heart used to be. The one that goes all the way to China. Exactly. <laughs> nice. But it, it's, I obviously when you're when you're a kid you don't see all these references and you don't see all the the uh, the philosophical underpinnings that oh, people no. people are looking for. But now I I can kind of see it. It's it, I think it's maybe a little reaching. To try and see some of the things that are here. In a, in like, a lot of them, I agree. Like, there, there's some, like, with the whole, oh, the gremlins are supposed to be African-Americans. Like, 
maybe one or two were supposed to have yeah. been, and I'm not saying that it's okay because it wasn't, but like, right, not all. I, I mean, yeah, racist depictions were a big thing, I, and race is actually a big picture, a big part of horror movie philosophy. Too. I guess I could almost see it as an. Ex- I mean, this is it is. I still think a little bit of a stretch. A little bit of very heavily coded slang for there goes the neighborhood-ish kind yeah. of, mm, you know, yeah. once you get, once you get them in, they're never going to be gone. And mm-hmm. they, they, Jesus, name, name a really horrible stereotype, starting with the word they, insert it there, right, probably right. fit this. I guess I can see that. Um, oh God, and it'll start at the YMCA. <laughs> <sighs> so like, I don't know, like I... I just, I just, I just don't want to tell anybody how to. Well, that's not true. I often tell people how to watch movies. <laughs> I you just do. realized that. Like, I really, I really do, don't I? Now that I think about it. I, I that's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it's, it's like, I don't know. I guess I can see it, even if I don't necessarily subscribe to it. Right. I mean, yeah, and that's fine. And but yeah. with this movie, uh, again, it's got that. It, it's that sentimental piece for me. It's, yeah. it's just, it's fun to watch it's heartwarming yes i can understand the problematic things people see in it yeah uh now as an adult but when i was a kid this was just the best thing it's like oh my god i have cute and cuddly here and so i can go buy a toy later oh uh, yeah no I, I i wanted like i a, wanted a farm toys. i wanted a farm of gizmos yeah i, I wanted one of the Gremlin, gremlins. I, I wanted the gremlins myself. Um, I really I mean, did. I Actually, I, wanted, I, wanted, I liked the Mike so I wanted one. In my early, uh, in my early adulthood, I worked at, worked at the Warner Brothers store in city was in City Center Mall. Mm-hmm. They had gremlins. They actually had gremlins up in the rafters of the store. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, and I what guess I guess that, they though? put them up, and like Warner Brothers was like super nuts about making sure they got them back too. Yeah, like when the are. store closed, they were like, no, 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 no. You account for those. And I was like, yep. you bitches. Well, and this was. Sec- I would have made off with one. Security mm. was so super tight on this movie, too, especially in, in regards to the props. <laughs> yes. Because they were all animatronic. There, This was all. There was no CGI here. No. There is one scene where it is visibly. Um, stop motion. Stop mo. Yeah. Yes. And, and that's when they're all coming, coming out, out of the, the dark. dark yeah. Into the streetlights. Yep. And that's visibly stop motion, but all the rest are animatronic. And they're like, we need to look in your trunk. You're not taking one home with you. I'm sorry. Um, And I don't remember where I read this, but supposedly the studio originally to cut costs, they wanted to use monkeys. Oh, no. They wanted to use monkeys. And so I swear to God, they set up. So they set up a test in Joe Dante's office. Oh, my God. And they were like. uh, And like whoever the the whoever like the, the assistant was like. Puppets, puppets, puppets. And he's like, okay, fine. The studio was like monkeys. So they set him up with a monkey in his office. They put Mm -hmm. the gremlin head on a monkey. Monkey flips out, trashes Mm -hmm. the whole room, shits everywhere. The handler finally gets the monkey out. And according to the story, Joe Dante Mm -hmm. looks at his assistant and he's like, so, puppets? (laughs) (laughs) I love those stories. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. Uh, I did something to add. All my jokes were from the beginning of the movie, and I forgot to use them. <laughs> right, because you know you you kind of lost interest. No, no, I forgot to do that one scene. Well, it was really, kind of yeah. I was like, after that point, it's all over. Like, forget it, man. Can we also talk about the dumbass shit that Mister Peltzer attempted to invent? The smokeless ashtray that came out later. There was there yeah. were smokeless ashtrays. They did not work well. 
But the bathroom. Neither buddy. did his. Neither did his. No. Well, the thing is, like, okay, the best thing about the bathroom buddy to me mm-hmm. is that it is even if it worked perfectly. It's still completely useless. Right. Because all of those implements you could just put in a little bag and take with you. Yeah. And would be easier to use if they weren't attached to this big plastic. Right. Thing. You didn't make them detachable. You have a razor that you have to hold onto a giant block of plastic to use. <laughs> that was clearly a disposable razor. So right? <laughs> Dispos- disposable bathroom buddy. I guess that's how yeah, he makes I, money. The prop department kind of fucked up. They there. did. Was like they a really little, did. But like all of his stuff was like that. And I think my favorite. The juicer. Actually, no. Well, the juicer was not my favorite. It was funny. The, it was funny. The, the, the coffee was, machine was funny. But again, why do you even need that? It's so much. Uh, buy a coffee maker. Coffee machines also, exist. Also, I have a question. Why was the base of the juicer just on a bunch of oranges? I don't. So it, that they were handy and looked, there? You know what? It looked like, it's like, from a design standpoint, it looked like some Blade Runner shit. And that's when there was synth music yeah. on the soundtrack right? for a minute, too. <laughs> like, again, like they just weren't, they weren't sure what they were making fun of in that moment. I think yeah. maybe they were trying to like Logan's run. Maybe he's like living in Logan's run world or some shit. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Um, I loved some of the props that he's just playing with out of the blue. There's like a power drill with the fly swatters. And I'm like, somebody's put dildos on that already. They have. Yep. Somewhere. So, so my thought was, first of all, the if drill you down. have enough flies, the drill down. The drill down. <laughs> if you have enough flies that you need something like that. You have other problems that you need to handle first. <laughs> yeah, but also exactly. But also, like, like the body in your basement. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe stop shitting directly in the sink, <laughs> and then not. I'm doing sorry. Anything that's with it. The, <laughs> that's not the sink. That's Wipe the, your child's ass. That's the that's the Peltzer fecalator. Oh, the fecalator. Yeah, it's a combination. It's a combination of a sink and a salad bar. Oh no! <laughs> no! And you can shit in it. Oh. it. Makes as much sense as anything else that he invented. I mean, it fertilizes. <laughs> <laughs> you can grow lettuce and get choked by a muppet. Oh. As long the, as it's the, romaine. The most, <laughs> the most amazing thing that he invented, and it was genuinely amazing, uh-huh. was the juicer. Yeah. Because you put in one orange, and you get Gallons. so much. <laughs> Gallons of juice and pulp. Yeah, so much. <laughs> sure, it doesn't go anywhere you want it to. No, but well, it tastes yeah. like orange. Skin. It like <laughs> it multiplied that orange by like eighty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's you know, maybe those oranges were imported from Japan. They're like anime oranges. <laughs> ah, yeah. They just got attracted and got nosebleeds. <laughs> That's how that works. I don't know why, but you know what? He can give me that sales pitch all he wants. It's like you okay, give him a sales pitch. You, do the sales pitch. Take it off. You know how it works. <laughs> you can take your shame shower later. So so here's what we learned. Don't ever go door-to-door sales anything to Bob's house. Really? Or do. <laughs> I mean, if you're into that. Yeah. <laughs> and, for, and for a long time in this movie, I wanted to make fun of Billy for being incapable of hanging up a phone correctly. Oh, my God. <laughs> And then he ends every the electric, the, the wireless phone thing. Yeah, that's why he can't hang up the phone right. Because he's fucking got a phone, he's got this crazy ass invention phone that just doesn't fucking work. Right. And even when she, even when mom picks up the phone because the damn thing doesn't work, he immediately bitches her out for not using a <laughs> shitty invention. Oh, no, I'm sure it works fine, honey. I just. I was out on the back porch. What, what did you want? <laughs> this is, I'm just like, like. 
Uh, it's just a really good thing. <laughs> he never. Well, I'm going to take a job over the winter as the caretaker of the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of time to invent a whole lot of good stuff. <clears throat> and get sucked off by a puppy. Yep. I volunteer his tribute. Are we ready for ratings? Bob came out as a puppy. This is canon. This is weird because he also, in the middle of it, he turned into a hyper... <laughs> I'm not actually a puppy, but I will wear that suit You turned into required. Jack Nicholson with hyperthermia partway through that sentence. <laughs> One minute you were like, I volunteer as... <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should hire people that won't make fun of me while we're recording. Are we ready? Are we ready for ratings? Yeah, probably. Okay. Sure. All right. So this movie, again, it is a modern classic to me. It's definitely nostalgia goggles watching this movie. It, it's it's something that I loved as a child. I still love it now. It's it holds up well. It, it's kind of timeless in its filming, and even the fashion is rather timeless, except for Mrs. Deagle. Who is? Because who's, she's stuck in like 1940. She's something. a caricature. It's bland all the way through, except when it comes to the action and the horror pieces, because it needs to be bland to accent the horror. So it, it's, you know, it's something you can watch with your kids. It's enjoyable. It's got all those references we love. And, and I just absolutely love it. So I'm going to rate this four out of five. Deagle, deagle, deagle. <laughs> deagle. Deagle, deagle, Those are fun. I don't know why. I just I just did the exact same thing you did you as did. if it was any different. You mean the exact same thing that the Mogwai and Gremlins did throughout the movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's it. Yeah. So... We said this last week with The Shining. You've already fucking seen this movie. Don't lie to me. You have. Um, Max. It's... (laughs) It was unnecessary. Seriously. (laughs) Um, I I also greatly enjoy this movie. There's there's a bunch of things that we didn't talk about, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, Namely, uh, Rand Pelter... At the fucking World's Fair, which they couldn't say World's Fair. Right. Because it didn't exist the anymore. The Inventor Fair or whatever, yeah. Um, and, like, the thing with, like, the actual working time machine <laughs> in the background. the robot in the time machine. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a, ta- there's a time machine from the movie Time Machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it disappears. And it, it, yeah. it disappears and people are, like, looking around trying to figure out what the shit. Right. Yeah. Um, I just, I, like, I want to. And Robbie the robot making the call to his agent or whoever. Like, yeah. I don't know what that conversation Robbie was having. I wanted to hear that. <laughs> I kept trying to find uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I still have some time on left on the rental. I'm gonna go back and maybe <laughs> like see if subtitles. Maybe I can yeah. get back. I wanna see that. But this movie is it's there are issues with it, like we've said multiple times. But it is still it's it's fun. Um it's fucking gremlins. I mean, watch it for Gizmo alone. Right. Uh he's 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 great. He's the best. I mean, and super marketable. I mean, did, I actually was the person that made my parents go buy Gremlin cereal. It existed. It was basically fucking Captain Crunch in a new shape. And you got Gremlin stickers. <laughs> Gremlin stickers. Yeah, but anyway, your rating. Um, I, there were a bunch of names in this that I, I didn't know, like I didn't recognize mm-hmm. were in it. Uh, I still don't know who Howie Mandel was in this movie. He, he was the he voice, was the of, voice Gizmo. of Gizmo. Oh. Yeah. That was his Bobby voice. Uh, Corey Corey Feldman, obviously, I knew. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe not biblically, but... (laughs) 
That that line's coming out. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> the face. Moving on. Please. <laughs> the further we can but get yes, away. Yes, I, I I greatly enjoyed this movie. Um, if you haven't seen it somehow, Steve. Um, <laughs> he had not watched it before. I we watched really? it last night. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's it's fun. You'll like it. You'll hate Mrs. Decoy. You'll laugh when she dies because she also dies in a really funny way. Right. And also, apparently, her house is very very tall. It is. Um, I, I'm I'm giving this uh, four broken necked dads in a chimney. Four out of five. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it! He took Andy. That, that was actually that was your opening. Yeah, it was also my closing too. <laughs> oh, shit. So now I got to think of something. Okay. Um, um, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Podcast's helping. Podcast is. is helping. So, so like, like I, I don't know. I had a good time watching the movie. It's good. Uh, I like a lot of things about it. I like um, it's kind of a handmade kind of feel of a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. The practical puppets and all that kind of stuff. It's just not something people do right much anymore. And when they do, it's easier to make computers do it. And when they yeah. do it these days, they almost do it shitty on purpose, and I don't like that. Yeah, um, like. I like that there's uh, that much craft went into making these things look as good right. as they look. And as of now, they're fucking iconic. Everyone yeah. knows what a gremlin is. Yeah. And I think that's really cool. I really enjoy that. I, there's some lovely, lovely green splatter. They got around <laughs> the ratings by having the gremlins have like green blood or uh, in the case of Stripe, they all down like pus yellow yeah. colored blood. Yep. Um, well, that was part of because he was also in the process of breeding. Oh, yeah. So that was the. Like, oh, God. So that was also like gremlin cum. No, more like gremlin abortion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. So for you listening at home, I literally just could do nothing but sit there and smile happily. <laughs> Because that just made me very happy. That, those were two words that were, in fact, said together, kids. Yeah, and that's not even irony. I'm just like, God, that just cheered me up. <laughs> but, um, so, I mean, I like that those aspects of it. I like they kind of put together this cast of insane people. Mm-hmm. And the characters are insane Dark people. Hours. Oh, yeah. It is of just insane, idiosyncratic, small-town people. I like that. Um, Dante did that again in the Burbs. Uh-huh. I think he actually might have even done that better in the Burbs. I love the Burbs. The Burbs is um, good. I haven't watched it in a while. I it's it's revisit. fun. It it is probably going to be like this, and that it doesn't quite hold up as well as we wish, but it's still a worthy watch. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. But Rick Dukeman, who Rick Dukeman's great in it. Yeah, everybody is great in it. But like, I guess the first half of the movie is like off is is my kind of movie. Yeah, it's really really great. And then the second half of the movie, it kind of goes a little more cartoony and it gets much more referential and mm-hmm. not in it's not funny to me that there's a michael cimbello song playing and a gremlin doing the flash dance thing yeah because that's just a reference you're not saying anything with it you're not doing anything with it other than making like middle-aged guy in the audience sit there and be like where the fuck did that gremlin huh, see flash dance he was born three minutes ago yeah there's that. you know um and, and, and i will say that the sequel Gremlins 2 did the referential thing actually a hell of a lot better than this one. I think so. And a lot more subversively, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, whereas this, it just seemed like, hey, this is funny. 
Mm-hmm. It's not really funny, but you know, whatever. Um, a kid I, would probably find it hilarious. I, I loved the flash dance. Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> so I was like, he is like warbirds. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. <laughs> and the weird sweater with the. And gun. I was I was waiting for him to do the thing with the water bucket, and then make more of them, and then just have a team of gremlin dancers. <laughs> Fuck, that would have been better. Yes, that would have been better. <laughs> and um, it would have actually made the fucking reference that they were trying to make. Right? Yes, there you go. <laughs> What do we do? We lean into it. Right, That's what we do. we do. Very good. We do. But yeah, you know, for, for what it is, it's still, still fun. Uh, gets three out of five um, puddles of dog vomit with balloons in them. <laughs> Here we go. Just dog kind of, vomit with balloons. Just kind of twitching. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it's yeah. it, it was a good special effect. It worked. It, it really is. Really worked. <laughs> very, very pleasingly gross. Yes. yes. And, and kids do like gross. That's why slime yes. is still so terribly popular. Yes. Just kids. Just kids. Only kids. You know, we like gross too. That's fine. So anyway, if you need to contact us, lay eggs in our brain, uh, tell us not to build a pool in the backyard because Mogwai. Email us at Bob at GettyGoToRazor.com. I don't know where that went. <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Uh, hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash CandyCodedRazorBlades. Uh, you can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash CandyCodedRazor. Uh, and I can't remember anything else. What did I forget? I... Oh, head to the, the website, candycuttedrazor.com. Gotcha. Instagram. Okay. And Instagram. Yes, we are on Instagram now at, uh, I don't remember what we are now. Probably involves the words candy coated and razor. A, it does it's not. It's CCRB. I think it's CCRB podcast. God damn it. CCRB underscore podcast. Got it. I'm so. Mercy. You can come chat with me in our Discord. <laughs> uh, it is currently for Patreon members. So feel free. Or don't. Or do. Preferably do. But come chat with me. I'm funny. And in the fucking Discord, I'm still Shelly the Ball. Yeah, I think we were all supposed to commit to that joke, but I forgot. I said I was committing to that joke, and I followed through. <laughs> I, too, am in the Discord now, so that's fun. Uh, but also, please, uh, while you're doing this, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, and share. Um, if you like our show, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell the one-legged guy in a wheelchair outside the store who's drinking the liter-sized bottle of diluted uh, Giant Eagle vodka. We are not ending this show well, are we? I don't know. Again, Maybe he I thought it was going fine. I, okay. Maybe he wants something to listen to. Maybe. I mean, that's totally cool. We can uplift people. Just not Mrs. Deagle. She doesn't deserve that. She got uplifted. Yeah, she's got a, <laughs> she's got all the lifting she needs. Yeah. Yeah. It lifted and separated. <laughs> her spirit from her body. Yeah. So anyway, I have said all of my things now, so this is probably the part where Bob should stop playing with his phone and <laughs> say the words. He forgot oh, where he was. I did. So this is where you... <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, God. On that, that note, kids. Bye. Bye. Like ASMR gremlins. We do. Yum, yum. Deagle. Deagle, deagle, deagle. Light bright. <laughs> bright light. Bye, Billy. <laughs> yum, yum. Glub, glub. <laughs>
fun. Neat. Kaka. Diggle, diggle, diggle. If I do this much longer, I'm going to break into the cell block tango. <laughs> oh my god!